0: G'day, everybody. It's time for the LJ and Redders AFL podcast. Sorry, it's a, a night late. Um, some very significant work commitments for me last night knocked that out. So without any further ado, journalists with the Wimmera Times down there, Wimmera Mail, sorry, down there in beautiful Horsham, Lucas James Holmes. Hello, Louie.
1: Evening, David. Evening, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, plenty going on in the world of football and elsewhere. And it's been a week and what a week it has been. Plenty of uh, great games on the field, some re-signings and some big injuries too to uh, dive straight into it with you.
0: Yes, they have been. Okay, results from um, last last round of football, and there were some phenomenal games of football. And Lucas Holmes, can I just say this? Very proud. For the first time in my life, I'm 55 years old. I picked a card last weekend.
1: That makes t- that makes two of us. sir.
0: I think you've done it before, though. I think you've done it before.
1: I think I might have had one this year. Yes,
0: I, I reckon you did. To be honest. Um, in a full round like this, but I've never done it. So I was quite pleased when I got my ESPN results. Okay, and showing that Essendon are really struggling, the Western Bulldogs 13-12, the Western Bulldogs 7-7, in a ridiculous comeback that I have actually sat down and watched the comeback. Unbelievable. Richmond were gone and out of the eight. Forget the eight. Somehow they've kicked six goals in a row in the last quarter and beaten Hawthorne by a point, 14-12, 15-5. Carlton over the West Coast by plenty. No surprise there, 21-14 to 10-9. And the the money in the in the internal AFL journalists at the moment is that the West Coast Eagles are being described, Lucas, as we have on here. They're being described as a waffle team. Brisbane over Geelong in a do-a-tough ga- struggle at the Gabba. And I want to come back to this because I want to ask Lucas Holmes, can anyone beat Brisbane at the Gabba in the finals? Brisbane 9-10, Geelong 7-11. Sydney, not really surprised for Mandela in a downward spiral. Sydney keeping their fate hopes alive, 16-9, 12-4 in a competitive performance. And Lance Franklin had a day out, which is great to see for them. In a completely phenomenal game of football, kind of went 13-7, Port Adelaide 12-11, and we will go to that first when we do our drill downs. Lucas will be very happy to give us a feed, a, a feed there. The Giants keep on keeping on. They belted the Suns. 15-13, again watched a lot of this game. The Giants were at about in the first quarter and then the Giants just put the foot down. Brilliant performance. Adelaide came home like a wet sail against Melbourne and Melbourne hung on 14-13 to 13-15 and a very major uh, pick-up for them is not playing again this weekend. We'll discuss that. And then somehow St Kilda, who are, who are not playing good football, North Melbourne were all over him like a cheap suit, and the Saints came home, and beat him nine fifteen, nine seven. Not impressive, but the only impressive about that is they won four points. Lucas, enough of me gibbering. Um, excuse me a lot, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm struggling a little bit. Got a bit of a, a bit of a cold. Lucas Collingwood thirteen seven, Port Adelaide twelve level. What a game of football this was. Genuinely, this could have been a grand final preview.
1: It could be David, and it was a, it was a, it was a big game as all the lead up, and it and it proved to be the case, didn't it? Collingwood just getting over the line by uh, by two points there. Actually got the replay in this early this week at home, but but the last seven minutes or so um, on Saturday late Saturday night after work, but Port Adelaide had the control for the majority, didn't they? At home at a wet Adelaide Oval, um, their midfield depth really tested Collingwood, and they just had. Again, just had the, the will and, and they surged over the line in the end into Taylor Adams' 200th game with, of course, JWS and Collingwood, those two sides. But, yeah, getting over the line and, again, down at three-quarter time, 12 of their last 16 games in that scenario they've won. So just managed, to get, just managed to get over the line. But Zach Butters, absolutely phenomenal for Port David, best player on the ground. I don't think there's any doubt in saying that. He had 31 disposals three tackles uh, and six clearances, kind of rosy as well. 28 disposals, two goals, three tackles, three clearances. Um, On the Collingwood end of things, David Scott Pendlebury um, sprung out of the gate. He had a number of clearances in the first term. He had 28 touches all up, a tackle and six clearances. And when we look at uh, Brownlow predicted later on, David, here's some numbers for you. Nick Dacos, 25 disposals, a goal, six tackles and nine clearances for the Pies.
0: Uh, yes, we'll talk about that later on because it's, I've just drilled down to that. When you were talking about has being the best man on the ground, the best man on the ground on the predictor is Taylor Adams in his two hundredth, which is interesting. Lucas, just quickly on that, if I may, this is our podcast. We're allowed to talk whatever we bloody like about yeah. about what we like. Do you think of the significant giants players tries that players? that started as Giants and they've ended up in black and white, that Adams has been a better footballer than both Hoskin Elliott or trelaw or in your mind is trelaw in their service in black and white, Yeah. who's been the best? of Because Eddie did say years ago, we're going to rumble and tumble and we're going to take up as many picks as we can off the Giants. Who's been the
1: best? Well, he's definitely the most consistent, I think. Yes. When you look at it on paper, I think Trelaw is definitely the flashiest, running out the front of the stoppages. He runs and carries and bombs balls inside Ford 50. Definitely in the early part of his career. And I, I didn't see much of him at the Giants at the time, but I know the ball use was definitely something um, that let him down, which he's improved on slightly. And he's, and he's brought some goalkeeping into his game as well in the latter part of his career with, with Collingwood and now the Bulldogs playing a little bit more of a high-half forward role. But Hoskin-Elly, serviceable as well. Um, kicked in that 2018 run to the grand final, kicked quite a few goals, as did Josh Thomas in, in that season. But definitely for me, 200 games. He's been in the leadership group for a number of years now. Taylor Adams is definitely the most consistent um, over, those th- over those three now. We've got a fourth giant player now at the club as well who will miss the game tonight. Indeed. How did
0: how the hell how the hell did Richmond win that game against Hawthorne? That is a not bizarre. That was extraordinary.
1: Yeah, working again. Um, Saturday afternoon, so I didn't um catch much of it. And there was a really good drill down on a on a program. Can't remember what one it was. Went, and they sort of dropped the Richmond and Hawthorne list side to side, and when you saw the top end, not of the talent, but of the game yeah. played and the experience,
0: I saw that myself.
1: You, you can sort of you can sort of see now where where the momentum and where the run can come from because they've got so many experienced players. Um, R- Richmond have. I'm would just going to take a guess off the top of my head and say that James Sicily would probably be the most experienced. Hawthorne player on the list, and that's not in front of me. But that would, would,
0: would he have played more games than Warple? Well, yeah, I would imagine so. Okay, yeah, and that's the thing that in three years' time, these two lists—one list will probably look similar, and Richmond's won't. And um, the Hawthorn is about building for the late part of the 2020s. I think that's—I think that's a fair statement. But yes, it is, and I suppose that that puts my comments of incredulity back a bit because they definitely have the quality. Yeah. Uh, and vast experience. And, uh, and like they've got a couple of Brownlow medals, for goodness sake. Um, so that amazing performance and just wonderful entertainment, 29 goals in that game. It's just interesting how many of the close games this weekend were high score and there's one that wasn't, which we'll go to in a minute. The Bulldogs have got a huge game against the Giants at Ballarat not far from Louis on Saturday. That'll be that'll be a major fixture uh, for the for both sides. The dogs are keeping keeping themselves alive. Carlton playing great football. They've got some injury. I don't think Carlton can win tonight. I just don't. They've got too many injuries. Louis, I, I mentioned this earlier. If the Brisbane Lions somehow conspire to finish second, and remember the Port Adelaide's got a showdown this weekend, which they should really should win. If the Brisbane Lions finish second, is anyone capable? Sorry, not capable. Can anyone beat them at the Gabba in the finals before they go to the grand final, if they get them both up there?
1: Yeah, I'm just going to have a look now, because I know in terms of their fixture this year, I'm just going to have a look to try and ratify numbers. Port beat, I know that was in terms of their home games and their results there um, this year. Uh, Just scrolling down very quickly, we know the touch-up. They gave the pies there on Easter Thursday um, as well. Just drilling down really quickly to try and have a look. Um, I'm just not trying to stand pat here or anything. It doesn't look like, um, David, they've actually been beaten um, this year at the gather. So in fact, no, they haven't, excuse me. So there you go. Um, so they're yet to be beaten at home in um, in 2023. And when you look forward a little bit too beyond this year and into the next decade or so, it'll be interesting to see how their uh, record goes in their home state because they, of course, won't be playing there.
0: Um, and th- this is the big issue is that we discussed this so in fact one of my avatar one of my avatars for for our yeah shut up. I, I know what I meant. Um, uh-huh. one of our avatars this year I put up as a, you might remember this as a photo of the Brisbane exhibition grounds yep. which is they they played a test match at that ground in the, in the in the 1920s uh, and that is conceivably one of the grounds I don't think they have finalized Where the the Lions have this big centre out at Springfield that holds about fifteen thousand, they've got Metricon, sorry, not Metricon Heritage Bank Stadium down the road. I think they'll want to play in Brisbane, and the Brisbane Exhibition Grounds do make the most sense, given that the Gabba, everybody's going to be out. We have discussed this is going to be out for four years, and I might add that this this week, um, in fact, two days ago was the uh, one year anniversary, uh, one year to go anniversary for the Paris Olympics, which has come up extraordinarily quickly. So yes, you're right. They're not. The next time they'll be at the Gabba after that. It won't even look. It'll just be. It'll be knocked down. It's being rebuilt. So amazing. Um, I I do not think that Melbourne and Port Adelaide want to go anywhere near near the Gabba. I don't think Collingwood will. But I don't think any. And this is what happens. That if Collingwood and Brisbane finish first and second, and one of them lose, they put each other into each other's pool, which they don't want. Um, Brisbane very good. Uh, Geelong serviceable, to be fair. Sydney going okay of late when buddy's up and about that makes a big difference to him. Uh the Giants, very good. Melbourne are not playing overly convincing football. You know what they're doing though? They're winning, Louie. They're winning. And you've got to say the same. The the dogs, the the dogs were good. Melbourne weren't to so were terrible, and all of them won, which is extraordinarily important. We'll go to the latter in a minute, but uh Melbourne are not. Right, and I see again they're not they haven't picked Brodie Grundy. I find that quite astonishing.
1: Yeah, you've still got to find um, ways to win, haven't you? And as we've spoken about at length, both of us, Adelaide are a decent side as well. Even well, though Adelaide,
0: Adelaide are coming, and I see the Big Techs got another year's contract um, yesterday. But yes, Adelaide are more than a decent football side. They are they they go right to the Crows, and they're very hard at it.
1: Yeah, and we we forget a little bit too with Mel when they're, they're probably that one of their more important forwards been out for a long period of time too in Bailey Fritch, um, so he plays that sort of hybrid role. So he's been out for a period of time that doesn't and, help
0: them. And Ben Brown can't get a kick. Yeah, that for, doesn't help them.
1: Their, their their forward line's really been their their struggle all year when it comes to efficiency. We've we've seen him like three or four games at least they've. Uh, they've kicked not not very straight of straight of, straight at all, and it's almost cost them game. So that's been an issue for them. Um, when Fitch comes back, I think that may have ruled him out uh, at that stage for the majority of the regular season. So he'll he'll be back come finals. Um, Adelaide came hard, didn't they? The Giants and St Kilda. The Giants have come back from a little bit of a longer injury list. Sam Taylor was absolutely outstanding again.
0: Yes, he was.
1: More um, Ben um,
0: Ben. You're- Sorry, you, wonder if, you wonder if Sam Taylor's going to get a green and gold jersey at the end of the year. I, I, I just wonder how much injury he's had. But he is clearly in the line, Lucas, clearly.
1: Yeah, Ben King only kicked, uh, didn't kick a goal, excuse me. Um, and Levi Kasbold kicked one. So between their two, key forwards, only kicked one goal. And um, we're speaking of injuries too. St Kilda have got a boatload of them. Um, they struggled, didn't they, at the stage north. Um, Really handed it to them early. And the, but the Saints ground out a a messy win there in the last game on the Sunday afternoon, because as we said, more or less off the top of this, you've, you've still got to find a way to win games. And they've done that, haven't they?
0: Yes, they have. Um, I think there's only 12 sides that can make the eight, and uh, 12 and 11 are struggling. In order, if the finals are played tonight, this weekend, it would be, and remember, and I'm going to give you the scenario as to how I think would have worked. Lucas or correct me if I'm wrong, because he does that. Collingwood and Melbourne would play a Thursday night final at the MCG. Oh, my goodness me. The next night would be Port Adelaide and Brisbane. Then I would read that Melbourne would play – sorry, the Western Bulldogs would play Geelong in a daytime game, probably at Marvel. Yeah. That would mean – that St Kilda and GWS would have to play at the MCG because they won't be able to play back-to-back finals because both of them are co-tenants. That is actually quite an interesting one, there, Louis. Is that the way you'd read it? Is that the Dogs finishing if if they finish as they are now that the Dogs would get their final at Marvel or would they move St Kilda and GWS there for a smaller crowd?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure how it works in terms of this structure. In terms of if you'd have two yeah. games on the Saturday or a game on the Saturday. And and then a game on the Sunday. Um, I might have to go back and have a look to see what they've done in the past. But yeah, you would think it would be a daytime game on the Saturday and a not and an evening game for television.
0: Uh, yes, you would. I suppose yeah. that's a very good point. Remember that whoever just say St Kilda and GWS got Saturday afternoon, which mean they could play both finals at Docklands if they wanted to, because the Giants going to sell out going to sell out Docklands. That would give them a six day break going against a team that's had an eight day break. Yeah because they would be playing one of the losing finalists who played Thursday and Friday night. I think they didn't play any finals on Sunday. I don't think they did. Don't quote me on it. I reckon it's Saturday afternoon football and yeah, Saturday night footy. Um, yeah, we'll have a look at that. But anyway, that, that's the way it looks. And the teams outside, Carlton are menacing. They're 38, as are Richmond. Carlton's percentage is very good. Richmond's is not good. Essendon almost gone, Sydney's just got to win everything and the, remember the Swans and the Giants have got a derby coming up too soon which will be epic, forget the rest of them um, Louis, do you think the eight will change from what it looks like the, the, and the, I actually shouldn't ask that because everybody, the bottom four can move around as you were theoretically Richmond, Richmond and Carlton could be fifth and sixth at the end of this weekend
1: yeah. And just to answer you, uh, our query from before in terms of week one of finals, Thursday, Friday, and two games on the Saturday. It so.
0: was. I am right. Yeah. The reason they do that is to give them a seven day break and remember. Yeah.
1: So you don't. The, yeah.
0: yeah. And the Brisbane would not would have to travel as are, as would the Giants, although it's only a hop seven to jump to Melbourne. Louis, um, in our uh, some injuries, first of all, let's go to the retirement because this bloke's been a superb footballer in a poor football club. Jack Zeeble's pulled up stumps in the end of the season. Goodness me, he's been a good player for him. He has been sensational over a very dark period, although he has played finals when Brad Scott was there.
1: He did. Um, he arrived at Arden Street, over a 17-year-old, leaves now. Well, at the end of the season, as a 32-year-old with about 280 games um, to his name at that point. He's been in and out of the squad um, for them the last couple of years, but as you said there, um, sort of in the latter part of the 2010s to now it's been a pretty dark time in terms of results at North Melbourne obviously skipped the club too from 2017 through to the end of 2022 as well so former skipper of North Melbourne as you said there are a couple of finals victories there and I think I believe it's 2014 and 2015 seasons so a, a, a brilliant ser- servant of the club David and just another one of the uh, more experienced players that we're going to lose at the end of the year.
0: Absolutely, and uh, absolute bullet the football. Like he, but copped a couple of suspensions, but hard as nails, just rock solid. Been a great player. I read about. I read about how important this next bloke. I I, I do spend a lot of time trying to read journalists that I respect. Uh, there's some that I don't, but a lot of the people in Melbourne at the moment are writing good stuff. They really understand the game. Mason Redmond's resigning at Tullamarine is massive for Eston. And, again, what I'm looking forward to reading you is your career progresses. And I do want to ask you a question that's a bit off-topic in a minute about your career. Yep. But I'm looking forward to watching you um, write about AFL plays, which is your clear path. Redmond's a big signing for them, Louis.
1: Yeah, big one too was 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 looking at well not looking at would have been able to um access free agency david at the end of his season um of south australia uh, born in south australia so there was the obvious link there to go back home but he finished fourth in last year's Crichton medal um essendon's best and fairest did mason redmond and he's re-signed with them now too which is a big coup for them um he, he he said i'm not can't exactly remember the interview but the, the change to Brad, the change to Brad Scott over the pre-seasons kept him at the club. He said he would have left um, la- last year. He would have left if the change wasn't made in terms of culture and things like that. Which is a bit of a um, bit of a hack there at Ben Rutten, potentially, but nonetheless, oh, a, oh a,
0: and and, and, a, and a dysfunctional football club. Ashton's yeah, they, got- problems weren't just. I don't think Ben Rutten was their biggest problem. Oh, I think I, Ben. I reckon Ben Rutten will surface again. Ben Rutten's a decent sort of a guy.
1: Yeah, he's gone back to Richmond. He's he, he's an assistant coach there. But we all know the issues they had at a board level. We remember they had a they had a newly appointed uh, chairman or president for less than a day, didn't they? In the end, um, we were chatting about this about a year ago, weren't we? So th- oh, that- we
0: were, and, and he and he got interestingly um, removed because of religious beliefs, which yep. I. I I thought people in this game were supposed to be inclusive, but whatever's happened, whatever's happened. And that, that, that sort of, a lot of people forget that that's happened. But although Essendon are trailing off in football, they are getting better off the field. They had to, but they are. Remember, they are a powerhouse and it will frustrate them that the team in black and white are at the top of the ladder and Essendon hasn't played finals for a while. And, you know, in previous years, haven't looked like it. They've actually been poor.
1: Yeah, but on the field, back to Redmond himself, it's a big one. A five-year extension, David, till at least the end of 2028. Uh, As I said, their rebounding halfback is really improved this year. He's really straightened them up, and particularly when they get their full defensive complement on the ground, which they haven't had the luxury of of late. But big re-signing there, of course. Mason Redmond was heavily um, looked at by South Australian Australian clubs due to where he was born, but that's a big re-signing there for Essendon as well.
0: Yes, if you gave me a choice of living at Port Adelaide or living at um, at Keel or Park or Essendon, I know where I'd choose. <laughs> and it wouldn't be Northwest Melbourne. Melbourne. Um, I'm going to come back to that question I want to ask you off-topic. Yep. Will Ashcroft's ACL is tragic for the young guy, but I think you'll find he'll come back. And I believe there'll be another Ashcroft playing for the Lions or is we see too?
1: Yeah, he's he, underage, his brother. Um, yes, Levi, is. Le- Le- Levi, Levi Ashcroft's yeah, his name, yeah. Played Vic Metro in... um in the under-18 national championships, which I was able to get a few games of um, in the last couple of weeks. But, yeah, so Levi's on the up and will be in the AFL in the next couple of years. But, yeah, unfortunately for Will, would have been a shoe in may still be, um, for the uh, Rising Star. Maybe Harry Sheasel gets a little bit more of a look in now.
0: Well, Sheasel might do a rare thing and get Rising Star and Club B&F in his first year.
1: Yep, that that's a possibility. Yeah, but the big one there, of course, Ashcroft. he came off sort of late in that in that fourth quarter with the knee injury. Came out in the next few days that he has unfortunately ruptured his ACL. Of course, nineteen-year-old first-year player really um, taken the league by storm as well. But really, with Brisbane and going through there with Jasper Fletcher too has made an impact. So they've definitely got some y- young depth. Um, the Lions and they've come out and said that they'll be able to cover it, which they will but he's just such an impact player, isn't
0: he? Oh, absolutely. Um, other injuries, Howard, Walsh, Rankin, Ridley Murray. Rankin, luckily for... I'm If Adelaide lose this weekend, they may put Rankin in cotton wool because he's got a three to four week string. And, and if they can't make it, I reckon they'll get him right for next year. Um, I know that Fremantle's done that with Darcy. Do you think, and Nathaniel Fife, do you think that they'll do that with Rankin?
1: Yeah, interesting. He's such a spark for them. We we saw him particularly early in the year, um, really take off his pressure around the contest and his and his stoppage work as well inside the Ford 50 is a big one for him. Um, he, he, potentially, um, with a soft tissue injury as well. We all know how they can linger and things like that. If you can't, if you don't get back, um, you don't give the, the time. Excuse me, it deserves so. If they if they're not if they're not in finals contention, you'd probably think that would be the way. Considering how much money and the contract they've invested into him, um, moving him from the Gold Coast. Another big one there for Adelaide is is, is um Nick Murray, um key young key defender. Also ruptured his ACL, unfortunately, so he'll miss obviously the rest of this year and a large chunk. You would think of 2024 as well.
0: And it's interesting. You'll remember that when you were much younger, I reckon this is before I'd actually met you that veterans were opting for the LARS surgery, the highest profile of which was Nick Malcheski, and the LARS surgery got them back playing more quickly from an ACL. That seems to have disappeared now, and it's always a 12-month reconstruction. It's almost a 12-month. Even in the NFL, they're, they're 10, 11 months, and, they get that, and they've get they and got the best medical facilities on earth. But um, it's inter- it is an interesting one. Louis, I wanted to ask you a question, if I may, off topic, in relation to your career. Yep. Very interesting announcements earlier this week, which I tagged you on, on my, I'm not sure if you read it on Facebook.
1: Yes, all, yep. uh, I saw,
0: yep. This is relevant, everybody, because A, first of all, it's our podcast, and B, it goes a lot to the fact of how hard this young man's worked. Lucas did a bizarre degree. No other way did his degree was in the middle of COVID, and he did six months of a degree, of a three-year degree, actually in Bathurst, at Australia's most famous communications degree. And that journalism degree is being scrapped by Charles Sturt University. As someone whose father worked at that particular university, as someone that's lived in both Bathurst and Orange, I cannot believe that decision. What are your thoughts? As, as a as a graduate of that program, um, you're always going to be a bloody good journalist because you believe, you're smart and you believe in what you write. But do you, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it, it's interesting. They came out, I think, I believe it was about, in, well, it was in 2020 saying that we we're going to restructure a, a number of courses. And the way that the media and particular journalism has evolved in the last couple of years, a large portion, if not everything's now online. I know where, I, where I'm where i rolling with the Mail Times down here in Horsham at the moment, we print three times a week. Everything everything goes out, out online and we print, as I said there, on a Monday, a Wednesday and a Friday. So you, you, it's not a daily to try weekly, but... We know the way it's rolling at the moment. Social media is a large portion of it as well. So everyone can go out there and give their own opinion. But the way that it's held in in such high regard, a a number of not just print journalists, but broadcast journalists have have gone through that program. Um, Hamish McDonald's probably the um, more high profile one in recent years of of, um, ABC. I believe he's now at Channel 10.
0: Um, Uh, Oh, yes. Andrew Denton. Yep, as well amanda keller is yeah. a child's State university Bathurst graduate
1: yes yeah, so a bit before my time but yeah mcdonald's probably the probably the bigger more high yeah. profile name of that sort of the new of the newer uh, generation but yeah it's a shame um when we were chatting amongst ourselves of the sort of the cohort that i went through the five or six of us i'm um, saying how sort of how lucky we were and how we got through in time by the looks of it they're going into more of a a generalized degree um, and then with sort of specializations which is a real shame but I guess if you've still got that passion, you're still going to find a way. Because the the uh, scenario I was in in 2018 when I started was that it was either Newcastle or and it was bat or it was Bathurst out there at CSU, and I immediately jumped at the chance. It's definitely one of the best things I've ever, I've ever done. So, yeah, it, it's tough and it's sad, but um, I suppose universities and and you know this to a degree as well from where you were. Um, it, it's a business, ultimately, in the end, and if you don't have the number of people rolling through, um, it's, certain degrees are going to suffer in the long term, and it just—it's just—it's happened in our scenario.
0: Thank you. I, I can see you looking at your clock. We'll get moving. I know you want to and go I watch, Carly, right. right. I know you want to go watch the boys play. <laughs>
1: um,
0: if I may, yes, yep. i have been working at universities now for the best part of a quarter of a century, and I grew up in them because my father. When I was even a baby, I was in universities all the time because Dad worked at them. Yes, universities, particularly since the 31st of December 2019 when the when COVID-19 actually got going. Universities in Australia changed forever because there's not as much international income. And now they are universities, a multi-billion dollar business. At my university has got 45,000 students at the University of Technology, Sydney, 46,000 students and 4,000 staff it's a multi-billion dollar, um, it's like a government department, it's huge. And, yes, you have to run degrees that are going to work for you as a university, and this is why there's less and less arts degrees, Lucas. There's less and less people able to do a Bachelor of Arts because right now a Bachelor of Arts doesn't get you very much. A B Coms does, a B Engineering does, a Bachelor of Midwifery does, a Bachelor of Law does, a Bachelor of Business will get you in another direction. But... Yeah, I just, I've, UTS has got comms as well, and journalism school. I just, the whole thing for mine is is fascinating and it's probably an indication of, you know, if Charles Turd's got to make decisions like that. And remember, Charles Turt is one of Australia's leading regional universities. It's a vast empire. Um, it's fascinating they've made that decision. Thank you for your input. And yeah. I I know how grateful you are for the chance you got to study as part of that program. Um, as I said, I always thought you were going to make it. Um, and I've got no doubt about that you well. And I think, yes, a lot of that's due to your drive, but I'd also the fact that I think you were well taught. Okay. Um, let's nothing. go and have a look at the fixtures. Sorry, uh,
1: finish off on a couple of those injuries too.
0: Oh, I do, beg your pardon. Right. I, we had a bit of a segue. It, it, right, I fine. think it was relevant. You you go, mate. Away you go that's with right. your injuries.
1: Sorry about that. That's no, um, okay. A couple of more defenders too. Dougal Howard um, is on the key defender from St. Kilda's. Undergone surgery, fractured his wrist over the weekend, David. Um, so that's a big one um for St. Kilda. That'll see him out of the side for a, a substantial period of time, you would imagine. Um rule, that rule, so it's yeah, fractured left scaphoid, scaphoid. Um re- scaphoids
0: are not good. They take an eternity to heal.
1: Yeah. So you'd imagine that would hit that would be him um, for the majority of the season gone. Um, just going through a couple of others um that I've got on my list here. And Sam Walsh is one of those key injuries for Carlton that didn't get up um for tonight's game. David Hill miss the next couple of weeks with a hamstring. Um we touched on uh, Isaac Rankin we ta- we touched on Nick Murray. Um the That's other ridiculous. one of, of defender fame too is um is Jordan Ridley? I nearly said Calvin Ridley. Um, that's a whole dif- that's a whole <laughs> different paddle of fish. But it's um, it is. Yeah, it, as Jordan Ridley. He'll miss the next four to six weeks with a quad injury, David. So speaking about Essendon's defence before, that's one of them that goes down. Does that mean Kyle Langford will slot back into defence? We never know, but he's played extremely well, as I've said at length, in the forward line this year.
0: Uh, that's a serious quad injury too. That's big boys. That's a big injury of that, that many weeks. Okay, um, well, there are some teams that have lobbed this evening, but we'll go through our, our – um, and then we'll, Lucas will have his run through. This evening, in just over an hour and 20 minutes, well, we're recording this about half past six on Friday night, Collingwood and Carlton at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. I'm surprised that Lucas Holmes didn't actually find a way
1: to divert himself on his way home from the Hunter Valley to I get to try. the game. Trust me, I did try. <laughs> um, it didn't <laughs> work, having to work tomorrow. but t- Well, and truly, I did try. Um so
0: Collingwood and Carlton, MCG. Then there's two games at 1.45 tomorrow, back to a full the, the full structure. Geelong and Freo at Cadinia Park and the Western Bulldogs and the Giants. That game's at Mars Stadium in Ballarat. And actually, It's actually in North Ballarat. The, the Pineapple Clash, the Suns and the Lions. That game's at Heritage Bank Stadium. That's the twilight game. And it's supposed to be mid-20s degrees. It'll be glorious at Heritage Bank Stadium tomorrow. It'll be Churchley's weather. Sydney have a... Fascinating game at Docklands against Essendon. That game's at 7.25. The showdown, oh, my goodness, just what Port Adelaide wanted after getting touched up by two points and beaten the week before. So they've gone Carlton, Carlton Collingwood, lost loss and they run into the Crows. That's 7.40 at the magnificent Adelaide Oval. St so Kilda have to keep on winning. They've got Hawthorne at Docklands in the early game Sunday. The Channel 7 games, the Derby, and this is a massive game for Richmond. They've got to keep on going. Richmond and Melbourne co-tenants at the MCG. And it's the Wooden Spoon Bowl over there in in Perth. It's the West Coast Eagles and North Melbourne. Uh, That's the 440 game up to stadium. Lucas, we'll go through them uh, in order and then we'll look at the teams that have dropped this evening. There's quite a few changes there. Um, We'll go to those. Uh, I think Collingwood will win relatively comfortably. I think Collingwood will win by 20 points. Carlton's got too many injuries and there's no way that Collingwood would want Carlton in the eight, they hate each other that much that Collingwood's. And I'm not being nasty here, I know I was a Carlton fan, I get it. Collingwood's going to win.
1: Yeah, you, you speak about Carlton and their injuries, though, but they've got a fair few back. Of course, Cripps was rested more or less managed last week. He had a, had a bad call. He's back in, Jack Martin back in, He's proved a little bit of a thorn in Collingwood's side of the last couple of years. Um, Matt Owies is a nice pressure forward for them, Mark Pittinett, as well, and the Ruck, who will go alongside Tom De Koning who's re- also re-signed with Carlton yes. um, two friends.
0: years I think two
1: correct yeah. yep so yeah. I do do my homework <laughs> you do that came out in the last day or two so some big ins then for them Adam Cher is the other big one really um, through their midfield who, who will win their best and fairest I think going away quite oh, he, he's been brilliant for them yeah so there are there a couple of their big ins of course Dow out um Josh Honey out as well. Kerno omitted. Sam Walsh with that big ha- with that hamstring. So they got they got some depth back. Um Carlton. So I think they'll test Collingwood. The only change for them is Bobby Hills out with illness. Um Oli Markov was a sub last time. Um I don't think that'll happen again. But yeah, I think Collingwood may just have a little bit of a polish that you'd expect. At least eighty five thousand people there tonight. I think Collingwood might just get the job done. Yeah, three max four goals for me.
0: I had said 20 points, so we're right in the same thing. Geelong will belt the tripe out of Fremantle. Darcy and Fife for being managed. Geelong by 40.
1: Yeah, I I think it'll be that way. Interesting too. We spoke about Jason Johannesson. He's come back from a long injury layoff. He's back in the side for the Western Bulls. Rory Lobb also. Um, So they're the changes for them um, as well. I'm looking at the wrong game here, aren't I? That's why you looked at me so confused. Um, excuse me. We'll I go. do that quite regularly. It's actually
0: the other way around normally. It's me. Lucas gives you the dark eyes when I read something wrong, everybody. But I didn't even mean to do anything. of course, don't play poker against me. You'll pick me up straight
1: away. Go on, uh, Louis. So, uh, rewind about half a minute there. But Geelong, Gary Rowan in for them. Mullen out. So too, Mark O'Connor. Uh, for Fremantle, James H coming in. Uh, Johnson and Stanley, who made his debut, I believe, last week, if not the week before. Is um, out. So a couple of changes each. Geelong at home at Continue Park, way too strong. You said there's some key position players out for Fremantle, particularly Darcy and the Rucks, the big one for me. Um, Absolutely. Fremantle's defence has been a little bit shaky. Geelong, yeah, seven, eight goals, I would imagine.
0: And um, Geelong's and um, Fremantle's coaches in the hot seat too. Don't you worry about that. He deluxe after making a finalised year, they've regressed. The Giants and the Western Bulldogs, it's, look, there's a lot of good games this weekend. This is a cracking game of football. It'll be about, I don't know, what is the forecast okay for Western Victoria tomorrow? The forecast up here is quite magnificent at, at i Oval, like 23 degrees it's going to be tomorrow.
1: Well, um, I, left, I left New South Wales this morning, David, and they turned out a 23 or 24 degree day for me up there today. So it's really nice of them. Uh, but for Horsham tomorrow, they're talking between 5 and 17 uh, with no rain, so which
0: would mean about thirteen or fourteen in Ballarat, which is for Ballarat in July, is not too bad. And yes, I was in the I was at um, in Nelson Bay for a, a funeral tragedy this afternoon, and it was a very pleasant, warm day. So yes, a bit of a difference. Um, this is a hard game to tip. That the Bulldogs are fundamentally a dangerous football side when they get it going, and interestingly, this game's not at Docklands. If the game was at Docklands. I find it very hard to tip for my Giants. The Giants, if you remember last year, had a poor loss to Gold Coast by a point in a very famous game last year, which took Miller just ran amuck. Am I brave enough to pick the Giants in Ballarat? Yes. I'm tipping the Giants by seven points.
1: Yeah. Interestingly with this one, I think I think for me, you look at the Western Bulldogs forward line and you look at the JDS defence, the games, that, and Sam Taylor has been absolutely superb the last couple of weeks, yep. don't get me wrong, but the Western Bulldogs have more than a one-prong attack. You go through there. Cody Waitman is, of course, a small forward. You roll through. You've got Aaron Norton and Jamara Hagen as the two sort of key forwards. So, obviously, um, Sam Taylor is going have to have to take one of them and we'll see how they go with the other. I think that's maybe where they might get the advantage. The midfield battle's going to be an intriguing one. It's Bailey Smith's 100th game as well. Um, so there's a little milestone in that. So the midfield battle will be interesting. Stephen though has played outstanding foot in probably the last three, four weeks. He's really found his form. Um, he has. Well, so that's big for them. And you, you, Looking at that list too, as I was going through before, Rory Lobb's back in too. So there's there, there's at least three four three tall key forwards that can roll through there. So I really think that may be a little bit of a downfall Um for the Giants, but if it gets a little bit wet and it gets a little bit windy, we'll, we'll, we'll see if they make a late change. We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, on the surface, I think the Western Bulldogs may have a little bit too much strength, particularly if it's a dry day. Um, I'll go the dog David, by three goals for me. Very good. Yeah,
0: the Q clash, is the, as it's correctly known, is it? And uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, that's what they call it. I find that astonishing that they couldn't come up with a better name than the Q clash. Uh, the Gold Coast and the Brisbane Lions. This game's at Heritage Bank Stadium. The Gold Coast pogo last week. Brisbane, terrific. Uh, Gold Coast are actually, a, they've got the Nicholas of a pretty decent football side. And remember, they sacked their coach, which I thought was premature. Brisbane for mine by 22 points.
1: Yeah, um, without Ashcroft, I don't think it's going to make too much difference. No. They've got, the, they've got the depth there. They're just starting to hit their, well, not starting to hit their straps. They've got a couple of players that have been a little bit out of form early in the year, Eric Hipwood's the one for me who's really improved the last couple of weeks, straightened them out a little bit. We've spoken about Joe Danaher at length, so you've got two tall, lanky, left-footed key forwards, so you don't see that very often at all either.
0: Oh, Joe, and Hipwood owes them. Speaking of Brisbane forwards, ex-Brisbane forwards, uh, I, you wonder whether Dan McSay, if he can get his body right, whether he's going to become important for Collingham. I actually think he is. Um, and, you know, and we just see how he goes with his fitness, because Cox being picked, I think, depends on McStay personally. Um, you on Brisbane there?
1: Yeah, uh, by yeah, a fair few five, six goals, and that's an interesting one too. McStay, another left-footed forward. Um, so, the, so, the, so they've got a fair few of them up there, but he's important, and there was a piece there uh, as we digress a little bit. But with um, with Cox, there, if he if he if he can't really compete the next couple of weeks, he may be a little bit on the hot seat. But yeah, McStay is is not as good as a ruck, of course, as Cox, but he can he still like uh, he still can. Uh, pinch hit when Dusty Cameron's not on the ground.
0: He's better at below these knees as well. I mean, Mason Cox is a big man, let's be fair. Essendon and Sydney is a really intriguing fixture. The team's going different directions. Essendon's struggling, and I don't think we'll make the eight. Sydney, just holding on a remember. Not too far away, they've got a massive derby against the Giants at Sydney Olympic Park. I don't have faith in Essendon at the moment, and I think Sydney's going to It's not an upset on the betting lines. I think Sydney will win.
1: Yeah, and they've got a couple of big outs as we spoke about. One one we spoke about, one we didn't. Uh, So for Essendon, for the sides initially, Jim Menji comes in. We spoke about Jordan Ridley. Jake Stringer's the other one with a foot injury. So there's really a dynamic play for them, not there. Jake
0: Stringer has been pogoed in the press this week. Uh, Mate, Lucas, please tell me if I'm being out of line. Jake Stringer does not look to have an AFL level of fitness right now.
1: And, it, and had, I don't
0: often agree with Kane Corns, to be quite frank. But in this case, I think he's got a point.
1: Yeah. And, and it's been that way. If it was not, I think it, if it wasn't 22 into 23, it was definitely 21 into 22 when he came in uh, in those first couple of rounds and didn't look in the best of shapes. But then he had, I'm not sure if it was either then last year um, or this year early, he came in and sort of had a really solid start of the year um, back to his sort of 2016 fame for him when he won a flag with the Bulldogs. But yeah, he's been in and out. And his fitness hasn't been up to standard. Um, that And that's not coming from me. That's obviously coming from other people around the league. But that's big for them. Uh, for Sydney, their only uh, out at the moment is Ryan Clark, who was the sub in round 19. Um, we, we've seen Lance Franklin taking a step two. He's formed from the first half of the season um, to the second half of the season, David. Is that that of a contrast? You spoke about Taylor Walker signing a one-year contract extension. I think Franklin would be unlikely, but the way he's playing, um, Sydney would have to make a a, a major play at him, but we've seen how good Logan McDonald can be for them when he plays there alone. Um, I'm agreeing with you too, David. I'll, I'll go Sydney. Um, I still think it would be a pretty tight game. I'll go Sydney by 14 points for me.
0: Of all of the rivalries, rivalries in a professional Australian sport, this is quite possibly number one now. To be quite honest, with Melbourne victory, Sydney FC, massive rivalry. New South Wales and Queensland origin, but that, that's state-based. But goodness me, Adelaide and Port Adelaide, it's bigger than the Western Derby. It's bigger than the Battle of the Bridge. This is what it's all about. This is the exact type of game that Port Adelaide probably would be looking forward to to say, right, here's the chances to get back on the horse. I think they'll beat Adelaide. The reason is I think Adelaide's injuries will hurt them. And Port Adelaide's midfield is so deep, it's ridiculous. It's bigger than the Tonga Trench. I think Port Adelaide by it's a showdown. Let's make it thirteen points.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think it'll be tight, um, mm. sort of that sort of mid to high seventies into the eighties sort of scoreline. Yeah, uh, I think at the Adelaide level, of course, um, for Adelaide, uh, Mark Keane comes in them in for them, of course, uh, played a bit with Collingwood, went over back over to Ireland, back in the Gaelic system, and was a uh, mid as preseason draft pick there for Adelaide. Max Michaelani, I spoke a fair bit about him last week. He was rested. But he's come back in the side in his first year. Of course, the father's son there. At Adelaide, Rory Laird's a big in for them. Um, so he can play, of course, originally a defender, played in the midfield the last three or four years and hasn't taken a step back. We've spoken about a few of the injuries there in Rankin and Murray. So they're big. Um, on the Port Adelaide side, they've got a few out as well. Uh, Travis bokes has been managed. Um, Willie Rioli uh, now is now known as well. Uh, got, got his suspension downgraded from two games to one of that sort of uh, slap uh, to Nathan Murphy there last week. Scott Lysett, interestingly, has been managed too. So Riley O'Brien, you'd think, would have a field day over Dario uh, Vicentini, who's come back in. Darcy Byrne-Jones is back out of um, concussion protocol as well. So there are the two changes. As you said, showdown. I still think, as you as you said rightly, Port Adelaide's depth, the midfield run and carry, it'd be too good for Adelaide. And I'll tip them as well, David. I'll get, get Yeah, three goals for me as well.
0: Okay, late team drops. That, that. That's the beauty of doing this on a Friday night. Hawthorne on St Kilda. In a Meek, Mackenzie, Ryan and Bramble for Hawthorne. Outer Amon, who's been injured. Reeves suspended. And Granger, Barris, Scrimshaw and Long have been omitted for St Kilda. In a Burns, Cordy and Stocker. Cordy's important. Out go uh, Howard with that scaphoid that Louis was talking about. Hill's got lungs issues, which is not good. And then by and Gresham have been omitted. Gresham, uh, 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 a free agent at the end of the season. Well, well, well. St Kilda, I, I, I've got to pick them because they've got so much to play for, Lucas.
1: Yeah, um, interesting too on that Brad Hill front. He was taken to hospital, David. He had it was involved in a big collision with Aiden. Yes, he Ford. was in that game Sunday afternoon last week. So he's taken to hospital uh, for precautionary reasons. Obviously hasn't come back up. He's a he's a big ball user for them. Gives them some run on that wing and his ball move, his ball use, as I said, is elite. So that's a big out for them. Um, they lose a key defender in Dougal Howard. They gain one now in Zane Cordy, um, who's at the club this year after he moved from the Western Bulldogs. Uh, Jade Gresham, as you said, he's sort of, he's been in and out of their side. He's a free agent. Carlton have been the ones um, to look at him. So, uh, potentially. So it's one to keep an eye out on. Um, for Hawthorne, Lloyd Meek, the ruck comes in. Cam McKenzie spent the last month or so um, in the VFL, had some good form. Ryan in as well. And so two Lockie Bramble. So they're the four ends. As you said, Amon, their key recruit from Ports, being injured. Ganger Barras, is one who hasn't really been able um, to keep on the park for long periods of time. He's one to keep an eye out on. He was a 2021 uh, draft pick. Ned Reeves suspended to the ruck. So that's the uh, straight swap there for Lloyd Meek um, as well uh, on the field, as you said, and I tend to agree with you once again. It's a little bit scary today. We're doing that quite often, but the Saints, yeah, too much to play for a little bit too much depth and uh, they'll get over the top. Yes. It's what's well, at Marvel. It's not in Tasmania, is it? So um, St. Kilda four or five goals for me probably will pull away a little bit um, from about the third three quarter time onwards.
0: 20 points for me. Richmond and Melbourne's the afternoon game, the Channel 7 game. Uh, Richmond have got Ralph Smith in and Coulthard's out. Then for Melbourne, importantly, Harms at Petty are in. Sparrow's got a calf. And I mentioned this earlier, when Ben Brown's pogoed out again and Smith's out as well. Harms at Petty's important. No Brody Grundy. Big game this. Big game. Am I brave enough to tip Richmond? No. I reckon that they didn't play good enough footy last week for long enough. Um, I agree with the betting lines. I reckon Melbourne's a dollar the favourite, and I agree. I reckon Melbourne will win by 16 points.
1: Yeah, correct call, David. Again, I agree with you. I think Harrison Petty's a been in for them. He's played defense for the majority, but they're swinging a bit at stages. He can play a little bit forward as well. And James Harms gives some um, some physicality on the inside of the contest. He's, he spoke about the outs as well, the loan change for Richmond. Hugo Smith in... Uh, Coulthard out, so that's the one change. And yeah, again, Melbourne depth too strong. The ruck battle will be interesting. And um, of course, uh, Richmond's still without Toby Nan Curvis so um, Max Scorn, as we've seen when he battles one out, uh, he, he's hard to get a handle of, and he may have another big game. Um, so I'll tip Melbourne, David, and I'll tip them by four goals.
0: And the wooden spoon bowl at Optus Stadium, which is 2:40 p.m. at uh, 2:40 p.m. Australian Western Standard Time. For the West Coast, Edwards in Shuey's done a string. petrovsky Seaton's been a naughty boy and he's in the naughty boys bin. North Melbourne in a Simpkin, Turner and Hanson Jr. Out go Shields with a calf, and How and Harvey omitted. And Jack Zeebel, who would uh, no doubt be very sore, has been managed, and they're going to save him ten hours of flying time. Can't pick West Coast. Um, they, they, this this might literally have twelve thousand people at this game, but uh, I'm not being smart. I reckon that's a dead set chance of this. Uh, North Melbourne, for me, by 15 points, even though it's in Perth.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, that that could potentially be the only slight saving grace for West Coast, but injuries, again, could tail them. Shuey, for about the second or third times had hamstring trouble this year. Um, Patrescu Seaton, again, rough conduct, suspended. But, yeah, that's big for them. Shuey particularly gives them, excuse me, some grunt on the inside. Tim Kelly sort of had to play the lone hand uh, at stages this year. Ruben Gin- Ginby. Has been out the last couple of weeks, which hasn't helped either. And the news of um, Zeeble's retirement today may just um, surge the Kangaroos on for a little bit through this back half through this back four or five rounds left in the season. Again, away from home, I still think they may um, ha- have the depth and have the talent to get them over the line. Don't expect to be overly high scoring, but I'll tip North Melbourne, David, and I'll tip them by three goals.
0: What a game of football, Miniat Matara and Horsham turned on last week, Lucas James Holmes at the Matara Recreation is a minyap up by two points. Louis, is the eight now, is the final five basically set in your mind with four rounds to go, with there being an eight-point gap between five and six?
1: Yeah, I think so. And still have the uh, have the buy in round eighteen as well, being the last round. Okay. So in Theory, they've got one less game to play with. I've um, got the second half of that uh Burris Saints game there, David up at Mataura um big big game in the end and in Jay McGrath's 200th senior game they held on for a a two-point win and that really um then then if they wanted to sort of have a look at the top three they sort of needed to pinch a game and they did against the second place Saints and the boroughs are as you said they're in the five by two games only um only a game behind Dimballer. and guess who they play tomorrow David and that's exactly where I'm heading up to uh Dimboola, uh, rec reserve there. That's four v five in the and the ruse and the Boroughs. That's after I initially got up to Davis Park and kneeled for the tigers um, and and stalls. So that's that's five v five v three. Excuse me in the netball, David. And it's four v yes. five in the footy.
0: Okay, let's before we finish up. Tell me, we get to the finals and Ararat's – I you know, and Horsham Saints have got a buy coming as well. Ararat's going to be a minor premier. Yep. who is best placed? Is do you think the Saints, the Giants, Dimbo, the Dimbula, or the Burrs have got the best chance in a one-off game again, about be, to beat Ararat? It, it, it's
1: tough. It's really tough. You, you you go down the list a little bit for me. Southern Mallee really haven't had their best. They haven't had the luxury of having their best side. Um, on the park for many games at all, if any, David. And two of their better players have actually tra- gone travelling overseas. Um, just before the um, ju- the sort of the league buy there in the June long weekend, so they won't be seen for the rest of the season. And it was that it was that way last year. David Ararat finished on top, and the Bar and Minyipatoa got them in the grand final. Um, they're just going into form a little bit. Um, they've had the they haven't had the luxury of having two of their uh, Greater Western Victoria Rebels. The, their talent league players out, David, one of them being an a, a intercept-marking key defender in Oscar Gorth, who played a bit of Vic Country as well, his yep. last two games against the Allies and Vic Metro. Uh, Tyler Pigeon is the other one, but Gorth's probably the one to keep most of an eye on. So that may um, help them in the long run. But I'd probably say the Saints have probably been the most consistent um, team against them all year, David. Um, so that'll be really interesting. But as you said there, at finishing... They will finish mine at Premier. They'll get the week off as well. So that's one to look forward to in about five weeks' time now.
0: Ararat's got Southern Mallee tomorrow, everybody. So those games are 20 past two. For those of you interested in Victoria, Ararat hosting Southern Mallee. Dimbala, Louis is going to this game. Dimbala and Minyot, Matara and Dimbola. Neil hosting the Star Warriors and Waraka hosting Horsham Demons. The Saints have the week off and can put the feet up. And uh, knowing that football league, they're probably going to have a run on the Saturday and then uh, get get into it for next week. Uh, Louis, look, anything else you wanted to discuss this evening? We've got through quite a lot in 53 minutes. It's been very good.
1: Yeah, but just looking as you as you were at Mike Kenny, Pennant Hills and North Shore, that's what one V2, so that's going to be a, a big one for you tomorrow. Uh,
0: oh, yeah, look, quite <laughs> frankly, I actually tipped in a pre-season thing, in a pre-season uh, podcast with the Chief Sam Zickman, I tipped North Shore to win the whole thing and they have been outstanding. And Jake Veal's an, an in for North Shore, so he's been playing for the Swans most of the year. So that helps. A little
1: bit, uh, yeah.
0: let, Just a little bit. Yeah, uh, Mike kenny able tomorrow. Women's game first at 12.40, then the men's at 2.40. Different grounds here at that wonderful complex at Penn and Niels. Louis, enjoy your football this week. Thank you so much for your time. It's great to uh, great as, catch up with you, although it's a night late. And it's good to have you. Uh, well done for, for being up here. And it's great to great to see you back home.
1: And go and enjoy Carlton and Collingwood. I shall do, David. You too. Enjoy your weekend of footy because both, both games, there, the, the men's and the women's games, will be two pretty good games of footy as well. So enjoy that.
0: Yeah, they will be. On behalf of Lucas Holmes, this is David Redden. You all take care. Enjoy your football. Bye-bye.